5 a.m. Yes, yeah, 5 a.m. exactly. Couldn't sleep. Too much on my mind. Sorry. Um, I'm already pretty much at the base to uh, read. Friday, sorry, it's really puppy. Read a little bit more First Chronicles. Learn more about David. I was, uh, I assigned you guys chores yesterday, uh, every day. You guys know this. When you guys get home, there's certain chores I want done, and uh, one of them was is unloading the dishes. The king was doing it. Or no, the, the namesake was doing it. I asked him to do it. He did it right away. I asked the king to do it before, beforehand. He didn't do it. You guys realize, in doing chores, you get stars, and those stars equal points towards whether or not you could vote on fun stuff during the weekend. And it's worked out for years, this very complex system we got going. And the king realized that his older brother was doing the dishes he got so upset at himself, so he ran and he's like, Dad, can I, what, what can I do for a chore? And I said, you know what? You can unload the dishes, too, if you can help help your older brother out. Well, the older brother, the namesake, got pretty upset. He's like, he gets a start, too, and he's like getting really, like, really mad because he did a lot of the work. And I said, I said, you can't be mad at this. You're still going to get the star. And he, you were so mad, man. You were mad. And I said, you have to stop acting like the older brother from the prodigal son story. And he's like, and you were like, I am the older brother. I was like, no, you understand. And before I explained it, the king, he took over and he explained, not, not only did, did he, he explain the prodigal son story, he explained the nuance afterwards when the older brother was upset. And he recounted the entire, almost the entire dialogue when he, the old brother was mad and told his father that he's always been obedient and his father wouldn't let him take a goat to celebrate with his friends as a feast. The king is in fourth grade and he already understands the nuance and the actual full story of the prodigal son. Prodigal Son is not about, it's not completely about a, a son who leaves his father and then comes back and is welcomed. It also has to do with with his older brother who feels cheated. And my fourth grader understands that story. You know, I learned, I really understood that story when... Uh, I was in my 30s, so the fact that he's understanding that and can recount that story is, it's extremely impressive. I, I'm extremely impressed. What do we got here? I see a, see a car parked in a weird way. Don't know what that is.
narrating my drive. <laughs> it's a beautiful area. It's a very, very beautiful area, you know. Up, so I don't think I can go any further, which is fine. Don't need to go any further. Um, let's see. All right, here we are. doing I can't even see the aircraft carrier from here that's kind of spooky <clears throat> I can see the lights on the ship but not the actual ship in a lot of ways it's a little creepy to come out here in the middle of nowhere and turn my dome light on and read the bible I could see that Occasionally you see people walking by with their dogs or jogging or riding their bikes, but there's something about being out here. And I know I'm reading God's Word, it's just... I wonder if my parents were alive, they'd be okay with me doing this. Maybe I'll move. I don't know. Your mother has a crippling fear of agoraphobia. Not not the fear of outdoors. That's so that's that's actually agoraphobia. Actually, and all those phobias are kind of like pop psych BS. But your mom could never do this. Um, be out in the middle of almost essentially in the middle of nowhere with tons of space around her. If your mom was in an open field, completely alone, she'd be terrified. And I, on the other hand, am claustrophobic I, I don't like enclosed places which is funny because one of my hobbies is going into abandoned gold mines which are essentially caves no bigger than my own body uh, I'm sure I recounted the story of the Great Pyramid in Giza but if I haven't I'm sure I did when we were going through Exodus so I mean, the story is we paid extra to go inside the Great Pyramid because it's not like I was going to come back to that the place. And in, in uh, what's it called, uh, paying for it, you get to go inside this tunnel. And the tunnel is, I don't know, like about six feet wide and four feet high and it goes up at like a 30 degree angle all the way up into the inner like an inner chamber and I there's like a fence post like the pole that goes all the way up and you, you pretty much use that to walk up because it's just a slanted inclined plane and if people are coming down you have to like kind of maneuver around them it's a pretty tight thing 
and I got a third of the way up and I, my body could not go anymore. I told Bonnie, I said, I cannot go any further. I hit a wall. I hit an invisible wall. I really could not physically go past there. Something in my brain said, nope, you are stopping right here. And I was kind of sad because I really wanted to go further. But I did not. I, I could not. It was as if someone put a, a wall up in front of me. There's no way I could have gone further. And your mom, of course, did. And she saw. It, it's not a lot to see, but... At least I get to say that I went inside the Great Pyramid. It was cool. And I had another, I had another um, reaction, but I, I went all the way up. There's this clock tower in in uh, Cologne, Germany. It's about 200 feet up, and you pay extra to walk up this very narrow staircase. And when you get up there, you see like the entire town, which is beautiful. It's essentially just almost as tall as the Campanile at UC Berkeley. But you can't see more than 10 steps ahead. You're constantly spiraling up the staircase. And that, after like five minutes of that, I was like, okay, I this has got to end sometime. I was not really excited about that. You know, I'm feeling uneasy. Uneasy. I'm gonna move. I'm gonna drive the car to the to the area where there's a bunch of breweries. It's not open now because it's you know, it's 5 a.m. But I, I think I'd rather be around uh, some places that have uh, light so I can see if someone's coming up with me. It's just a little too dark. So give me a second, guys. Give me a second. I wish I could video this, like where I'm at. It is beautiful. See the city skyline. It's still really, really dark. So. It's weird to see a car parked where it is right now. of a parking lot. If they're going to be in a building, they should be really close. This is probably where you guys are going to learn how to drive. This former Navy station. It's a perfect place to learn. Lots of space. setting and there's this phrase in first Peter 2 where you where Peter says we are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation and just growing up I remember I remember uh, singing a song that had those lyrics that might 
at my um, church I grew up in. close to the police department on this side of the, the city. They have a little substation, which is never open. Uh, you know, driving around here reminds me when you kids were really young. It was just far enough from our house that if I drove here, with the heater not blasting, but you know, if it was warm, no matter how old you were, up to the age of like two or three, you guys would knock out. So sometimes I would plan my mid-morning. Are those jackrabbits? Those are jackrabbits. I would plan my mid... Oh my gosh, there's like hundreds of them. I wish you guys could see this. There's a ton of jackrabbits on the fields over here. Um, I, I would plan my morning, my mid-morning based on... driving you guys over here, and I'd park, and I may take a nap too, or I'd just read, or I'd scroll the internet, I don't know, I'd do something. So that's much better. It's lit. I like this area. I feel more comfortable. Sorry about that. Mm. It must be so annoying to hear me talk like this. <clears throat> right. Let's get into this. First Corinthians chapter 16. Let's see. Oh, that's not bad. Maybe I'm... I might be a fourth of the way through the Bible now. I don't know. Chapter 16. My NIV, Archaeological Study Bible. I may stop here and there to talk about certain things. So, okay. Chapter 16. They brought the ark of God and set it inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And they presented burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before God. <clears throat> After David had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each Israelite man and woman. That is a lot. He appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord to make petition to give thanks and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. Asaph, the chief, Zechariah, the second, then Jeel, Shemaramoth, Jehiel, Mattathiah, Eliab, Benaiah, Obed-Edom, and Jeel. There to play the lyres, lyres, and harps. Asaph was to sound the cymbals, and Benaiah and Jehaziel, the priests, were to blow the trumpets regularly before the Ark of the Covenant of God. That day David first committed to Asaph and his associates this, this psalm thanks to the Lord. 
Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell all of his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. O descendants of Israel, his servant, O sons of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are all in the earth. Uh, he remembers his covenant forever, the word he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. When they were but few in number, few indeed, and strangers in it, they wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. He allowed no man to oppress them. For their sake he rebuked kings. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do not do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him, strength and joy in, the, in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families, O nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, The Lord reigns. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Then the trees of the forest will sing. They will sing for the joy before the Lord. For he comes to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Cry out, Save us, O God, our Savior. Gather us and deliver us from the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name, that we may glory in your praise. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen, and praised the Lord. David left Asaph and his associates before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to minister there regularly, according to each day's requirements. He also left Obed-Edom, and his sixty-eight associates to minister with them. Obed-Edom, son of Jeduthun, and also Hosath, were gatekeepers. David left Zadok the priest and his fellow priests before the tabernacle of the Lord of the high place in Gibeon to present burnt offerings to the Lord on the altar of burnt offering regularly, morning and evening, in accordance with everything written in the law of the Lord, which he had given Israel, which them were Haman, and Jeduthun, and the rest of the chosen, and designated by name to give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. Haman and Jeduthun were responsible for the sounding of the trumpets and cymbals, and for the playing of the other instruments for sacred song. The sons of Jeduthun were stationed at the gate. Then all the people left, each for his own home, and David returned home to bless his family. Yeah, second. <sighs> All right. Chapter 17.
After David was settled in his palace, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in a palace of cedar, while the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord is under a tent. Nathan replied to David, Whatever you have in mind, do it, for God is with you. That night the word of God came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says, You are not the one to build me a house to dwell in. I have not dwelt in the house from the day I brought Israel up out of Egypt to this day. I have moved from one tenth site to another, from one dwelling place to another. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their leaders whom I commanded to shepherd my people, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture and from the following the flock to be the ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all of your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name like the name of the greatest men on earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel, and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore, as they did at the beginning, and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also subdue all your enemies. I declare to you that the Lord will build a house for you. When the, your days are over and you go to be with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, one of your own sons, and I will establish the kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for me, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. I will never make my take my love away from him, as I took it away from your predecessor. I will set him over my house and my kingdom forever. His throne will be established forever. Nathan reported to David all the words of the entire revelation. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, O Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? And as if this were not enough in your sight, O God, you have spoken about the future of the house of your servant. You have looked on me as though I were the most exalted of men, O Lord God. What more can David say to you for honoring your servant? For you know your servant, O Lord, for the sake of of your servant according to your will, you have done this great thing and made known all these great promises. There is no one like you, O Lord, and there is no God but you, as we have heard with our own ears. And who is like your people Israel, the one nation on earth whose God went out to redeem, a people for himself and to make a name for yourself, to perform great and awesome wonders by driving out nations from before your people whom you redeemed from Egypt. You made your people Israel your very own, forever, and you, O Lord, have become their God. And now, Lord, let me promise uh, you have made concerning... Excuse me. And now, Lord, let me promise you have made concerning your servant and his house be established forever. Do as you promise so that it will be established and that your name will be great forever. Then men will say, The Lord Almighty, the God over Israel, is, God, is Israel's God. And the house of your servant David will be established before you. You, my God, have revealed to your servant that you will build a house for him. So your servant has found courage to pray to you, O Lord, you, you are God. You have promised these good things to your servant. Now you have been pleased to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue forever in your sight. For you, O Lord, have blessed it, and will be blessed forever. Uh, in chapter... 17 isn't, I don't think it's talking about Sol, it's not entirely always just talking about Solomon, this phrase, 
where is it? The, you know, I will never see. He's talking about David's son, one of the sons that will <coughs> build the house to the Lord. I, I believe he means two things. Um, he is the one who will build the house for me. I mean, they're talking about Solomon. Everybody knows it's Solomon. I will establish his throne forever. Take a second. Who on earth is calling me? Someone's just calling me. That's weird. No one I've heard of. But it's what what they're saying is, I will be his father and he will be my son. I will never take my love away from him as I took away from your predecessor, Saul. I will set him over my house and my kingdom forever. His throne will be established forever. So that's a messianic prophecy. That's a prophecy about Jesus as well. Because David, David, Jesus also called, is referred to as the son of David, the son of man. Okay, I guess that was the wrong number. Or anyways, okay. So uh, Jesus refers <clears throat> to himself as the son of man, the son of David. And uh, if you were around in Jesus' time, you would realize that was Jesus calling himself God. There's a lot of talk from Muslims who don't believe Jesus referred to himself as God. Jesus referred to him as God multiple times in the ways the, Israel, the people in that day would completely and fully understand. Chapter 18. <clears throat> in the course of time, David defeated the Philistines and subdued them, and he took Gath and its surrounding villages from the control of the Philistines. David also, de also defeated the Moabites, and they became subject to him and brought tribute. Moreover, David fought Had Hadadazer, king of Zobah, as far as Hamath, and he went to establish his control along the Euphrates River. David captured a thousand of his chariots, seven thousand charioteers, 20,000 foot soldiers. He hamstrung all but a hundred of these chariot horses. When the Arameans of Damascus came to help Hadadazer, king of Zobah, David struck down 22,000 of them. He put garrisons in the Aramean kingdom of Damascus, and the Arameans became subject to him and brought tribute. The Lord gave David victory everywhere he went. David took the gold shields carried by the officers of Hadadazer and brought them to Jerusalem from Taba and Kun, towns that belonged to Hadadazer. David took a great quantity of bronze, which Solomon used to make the bronze sea, the pillars, and various bronze articles. When Tau, king of Hamath, heard that David had defeated the entire army of Hadadazer, king of Zobah, he sent his son Hadoram to King David to greet him and congratulate him on his victory in battle over Hadadazer, who had been at war with Tau. Hadoram brought all kinds of articles of gold and silver and bronze. King David dedicated these articles to the, to the Lord, as he had done with the silver and gold he had taken from all these nations, Edom and Moab, the Am Ammonites and the Philistines and, Am and Amalek. Abishai, son of Zeruiah, struck down 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. He put garrisons in Edom, and the Edomites became subject to David. The Lord gave David victory everywhere he went.
David reigned over all Israel, doing what was just and right for all people. Joab, son of Zeruiah, was over the army. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was recorder. Zadok, son of Ahitab, and Ahimelech, son of Abiathar, were priests. Shavsa was secretary. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was over the Carathites and the Pilathites. And David's sons were chief officials at the king's side. Now let me see. Chapter 19. In the course of time, Nahash, king of the Ammonites, died, and his son succeeded him as king. David thought, I will show kindness to Hanan, son of Nahash, because his father showed kindness to me. So David sent a delegation to express his sympathy to Hanan concerning his father. When David's men came to Hanan in the land of the Ammonites, he, to express sympathy to him, the Ammonite nobles said to Hanun, Do you think David is honoring your father by sending men to you to express sympathy? Haven't his men come to you to explore and spy out the country and overthrow it? So Hanun seized David's men, shaved them, cut off their garments in the middle, in the middle at the buttocks, and sent them away. When someone came and told David about the men, he sent messengers to meet them, for they were greatly humiliated. The king said, Stay at Jericho till your beards have grown, and then come back. When the Ammonites realized that they had become a stench in David's nostrils, Hanan and the Ammonites sent a thousand talents of silver to hire chariots and charioteers from Aram Nehirim, Aram Makkah, and Zobah. They hired thirty-two thousand chariots and charioteers as well as the king of Makkah with his troops, who came and camped near Medeba, while the Ammonites were mustered from their towns and moved out for battle. On hearing this, David sent Joab out with the entire army of fighting men. He was not messing around. Wow, the entire army. The Ammonites came out and drew up in battle formation for the entrance to their city, while the kings who had come uh, were by themselves in the open country. Joab saw that there were battle lines in front of him and behind him, so he selected some of the best troops in Israel and deployed them against the Arameans. He put the rest of the men under the command of Abishai, his brother, and they were deployed against the Ammonites. Joab said, If the Arameans are too strong for me, then you are to rescue me. But if the Ammonites are too strong for you, then I will rescue you. Be strong and let us fight bravely for our people and the cities of our God. The Lord will do what is good in his sight. Then Joab and the troops with him advanced to fight the Arameans, and they fled before him when the Ammonites saw that the Arameans were fleeing too. Fleeing, They too fled before his brother Abishai and went inside the city. So Joab went back to Jerusalem. After the Arameans saw that they had been routed by Israel, they sent messengers and had Arameans brought from beyond the river. Sorry. With Shopak, the commander of Hadadazer's army, leading them. When David was told of this, he gathered all Israel and crossed the Jordan. He advanced against them and formed his battle lines opposite them. David formed his lines to meet the Arameans in battle, and they fought against him. But they fled before Israel, and David killed 7,000 of their charioteers and 40,000 of their foot soldiers. He also killed Shopak, the commander of their army. When the vassals of Hadadazer saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they made peace with David and became subject to him. So the Arameans were not willing to help the Ammonites anymore. I do not blame them. And that is chapter 19. What's interesting to take away from that story 
is the prince, well now the, the king, um, David was sending, uh, he's being respectful. And this kid's, this guy's advisors are like, I don't trust this at all. And his advisors pretty much screwed him. I think a good lesson there is <clears throat> surround yourself with wise friends who will give you good advice. Uh, I don't know what else to say. I'm going to go back. Maybe I'll sleep for another hour or two. I, uh, it's pretty early. What is going on here? A bunch of lights. Security guards. These people are done. Security. Something with some emergency lights going past me, which is odd because there's literally no one out. I had to put my. Uh, frost around because it's getting, I can barely see out my window. Okay. Well, kids, it's going to be an interesting day. I got about four or five hours sleep. And uh, to make matters complicated, the older two of you uh, get out really early today. So I don't know. You know, have to no, I don't know, because you both kind of help yourselves get get out of, what's it called? Get out of school. Hang on a second. Is it? Is that on the side of the road? Oh, no. That was a dead animal. Um, so really, maybe I just, could just work all day. But you kids are... Uh, older kids kind of get yourselves to school and back which is it's hard to it's hard to square that with me I, I want to drive you guys constantly to and from but we're getting older and it's awful anyways I love you all and I'm proud of you Call your mom, see how she's doing. She's had a rough life. She's been married to me for a long time. And uh, call each other. It would bless me if you guys got along really well and took care of each other. Just take, take each other out to coffee. And, um, it would really would bless me wherever I am. Anyways, anyways, you guys should do a drinking game. Every time I say anyways in this podcast, take a shot. That would not go well. I love you kids. In everything you do, do it for the kingdom and the king. God bless
Oh